What's up, everybody? This is Tanner from TamanBaseballFan.com. Uh, I am actually on, uh, not on a walk tonight, so this is going to be a, uh, a first because I'm actually broadcasting from the couch in my living room while I'm watching Game 4 of the ALCS it is going into the ninth inning, and uh, the Astros are doing really, really well. As a matter of fact, I thought for a while... Um, this whole day with Tanaka and Grinky on the mound, I thought that uh, the Yankees were going to get the best of them, but it looks like that's probably not going to be the case. And while I was watching, it's actually in a commercial right now. While I was watching, I figured I'd uh, throw up a little bit of a of a recording here to uh, uh, keep my streak alive. I think this is probably the fifth or so day that I've done one of these, and I'm just having a blast doing it. So figured, why not? And uh, so while I'm watching this, and actually before I get into that, I had a couple other messages. Um, and uh, first of all, uh, the one question somebody wanted to ask me about, they said, hey, Tanner, you're, you're talking about church a few times. What's that about? So uh, to expand that, um, you know, my family and I were Christians. We are followers of Jesus. And, uh, you know, I, I don't want to come across as somebody that uh, is just a Christian in name, like one of those, uh, you know, Republicans that, you know, hate everything that's not Republican or whatever. <laughs> that's not what we're about. We're, we're about uh, uh, following what the Bible says and um, which a lot of it is, you know, basically glorifying God and uh, doing what the Bible says. And so that's kind of really what we're about. Loving your neighbor, that sort of thing, doing good for others. Um, and, uh, you know, everything goes with it. So yeah, not interested in Bible bashing or anything, but that question did come up and I wanted to answer it because I figured if one person asked, then probably several, uh, were wondering the same thing. So, um, going forward, oh, it was asked also what my eBay account is. And uh, it is T and H Jones, and y'all, I can't believe it. Um, ninth inning, uh, Altuve hit a ball between second and third, and uh, took a bad hop again. I don't know what is going on with the Yankees infield here, but um, that's like the fourth error like of the game. This is crazy. Bregman even uh, uh, made an error, and he never really does. So it's kind of crazy, but. Uh, Anyways, um, so as I was uh, watching this game, I started thinking about my life and how uh, I've had very few constants in my life. And what I mean by that is, you know, growing up, I I moved around a lot. I mean, like we're talking like over a dozen times when I was a kid, like up till the time I was like, you know, 16 or 17 years old. So I've lived in California, Nevada, Kansas, Texas. And a lot of the reasons why um, we were moved around is because of my dad's health. He had, he's always had health problems. And, uh, you know, it was really sad to see. But, um, you know, I got a lot of uh, life experiences that I wouldn't have had I stayed in one spot. That's for, that's for sure. Um, but as a result, though, also, it made me, uh, you know, not have the most uh, stable of... Uh, <laughs> of times growing up. So I had a mom and dad that loved me and, and did provide a stable childhood as much as they could. So, you know, I'm very thankful for that. Um, but anyways, the one thing that, uh, as I'm watching this baseball game, 
uh, that just really struck me. I'm, I'm just so thankful for the sport is one constant has always been there for me is baseball. And, uh, you know, aside from the 94 lockout, <laughs> um, you know, the, the players have changed and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm looking at, uh, Michael Brantley up to bat right now and Jose Altuve is on second because of that era I was telling you about, you know, a lot of these guys weren't even born when I first got into, uh, uh, baseball, which is kind of, uh, tripping me out here. I think that's the case. Anyways, I might want to look up how old some of these guys are, but it'd probably be pretty close. And, uh, yeah, it's kind of, kind of nutty to think that, but, um, but regardless, you know, it's still the same game and, uh, you know, it's, it's fun to be able to go back to this and to enjoy this game. That's nearly the same as it was when I was nine years old, um, you know, 30 years later now. And, uh, you know, it's just, it's so enjoyable. And, uh, you know, I'm unfortunately in a household where nobody else really <laughs> likes watching this. <laughs> it's just me. And, uh, whenever game's on, it's, uh, you know, eyes are rolling over here and, uh, you know, that's, that's okay though. I don't expect everybody to like what I like, but, um, it's fun and I, I just enjoy this game so much. And especially postseason, especially if, there's a team that I love watching in the postseason. Um, and there we go. There's a, a wild pitch. And so LTV is in third. So um, crazy. This is this is so nutty. I can't believe that this is happening. I think the rain from last night was really messing with the, <laughs> with the field or something. But anyways, um, you know, to, to kind of take this a step forward, um, to go and talk about baseball cards a little bit, which... Uh, um, is fun for me also is, is to, to get a little bit more skin in the game, so to speak. What I did is I've invested in, uh, certain Astros cards, uh, earlier on this year, just because I had a feeling that they're going to do really, really, really well. And, uh, you know, Brantley drops in a single and now two scores and that's eight to three. That's <laughs> awesome. Love it. Um, but, uh, anyways, uh, yeah, I, I picked up, uh, some rookies of, Correa, Bregman, Springer, Verlander, Altuve, and uh, you know a couple other special cards as well. And it's just so much fun. It, it adds another dimension. Like when you see Carlos Correa um, coming up to bat and hitting a home run, and there's just something in the back of your mind. It's like, cool. <laughs> I have a I have a nice rookie of his. I've got bat barrel of his. I've got a couple uh, jumbo hat relics of his. I don't know why. It's just a fun thing to think, you know, hey, that's neat. That guy that's up to bat right now, um, I have a, a big piece of hat that was on his head at some point in the game. And I also uh, have a, a nameplate barrel chunk in a card that might have been from a bat that hit a home run. And I'm seeing him on my screen right now, you know. <laughs> so it's kind of fun. It just It just adds that personal connection, I think, to the game that goes even further. Um, which, you know, obviously when we talk about game use cards, uh, that used to be a really hot thing. If you remember like 10 years ago or something, uh, you know, everybody loved it. And I really kind of bought and sold those for profit for a long time, but I, I, I was so desensitized to them. Like I'm sure many of you are as well at this point, but nevertheless, whenever you really think about it, um, they really are cool, uh, cool cards. Uh, but you know, Back when I was uh, really kind of buying and selling them, I just remember I would always try to pay like 
75 cents a piece in bulk only because I knew I could get at least a dollar 25 each out of them. So, you know, if I was making 50 cents per card off of them, I knew if I had 100 of them, then you know, I can make 50 bucks off of it, that sort of thing. So it was kind of easy to move them at that point. Nowadays, I don't think it is, but it's just I, I haven't bought them in bulk in a while. Uh, but it, it was something I picked up um, as a skill during uh, the time that they were selling really well. Um, and not really well, but like they were selling consistently at least for $1.25 or so each. Um, nowadays, uh, I think the ones that I'll sell are the ones that have like m meaningfulness to people. And uh, like I said, with the Koreas that I have, they have they have special meaning to me. The Jose Canseco cards that I decided to keep, they have special meaning to me. And uh, you know, it's fun to be able to to own something that's a part of the game uh, that came from somebody that was wearing that in a game that maybe we've watched, and maybe you go to MLB.com and can check the archives. And I actually just uh, ended up. Uh, buying a Kyle Seeger super collection a few months back and I flipped it which was which was really fun um, I really enjoyed that because the cards were beautiful and uh, you know I was able to make quite a bit of money off of it um, doing that myself from Kyle Seeger and uh, but one of the the cards was a jumbo patch that said 40th anniversary or something uh, I was able to look up um, the actual video of a game that he was wearing that specific patch in and uh, had a video of him hitting a home run while wearing it. I just thought that was the coolest thing ever. So I think that a lot of these card companies are doing a fantastic job at uh, bringing us closer to the game, even with the uh, Tops Now, for instance. I mean, gosh, I never thought in a million years that we would be in a position to have something really cool happening in a game and then the next day, Tops offers a card for that uh, for that specific event. So, you know, game two, I think it was, Korea hits a game-winning home run. I think it was game two in the LCS. Game two, game three. Um, and, uh, yeah, it was game two, I believe. And uh, sure enough, the next day, you know, you can have a card about it. I mean, it's just the greatest thing, you know, ever. And I, <laughs> I remember, uh, you know, back when I was a kid, I mean, when uh, when we celebrated Nolan Ryan with his 5,000 strikeouts or whatever, I think that happened in 89, uh, you know, we didn't really have anything until the next year when Topps um, celebrated uh, with that little 5,000 K subset. So, you know, it's completely different. So I think the further we get along into this hobby, uh, the more things that people are going to be doing, the car companies are going to be doing to try to get us closer and closer to the game. And, uh, you know, so for instance, Tops also offers um, the transcendent uh, VIP party for um, whoever lands the golden ticket or whatever it is. And for those of you who don't know what it is, they've had this really cool thing. First of all, the, the transcendent boxes, if I remember correctly, and I could be wrong, I feel like they were like $20,000 a box or $40,000 a box. I don't know what it was, but. Uh, um, it reminds me of that uh, that commercial with that uh, Russian guy that's, that has the little baby giraffe in his 
laughing. He says, opulence, I has it, you know, <laughs> who, who would buy a 20000 or $40,000 box of baseball cards? I don't know, but there are people that do, and there are people that do really well with them also. So I'm not uh, saying anything negative whatsoever about those that, per that make those purchases. But nevertheless, uh, every now and then in some of those boxes, there'll be something like a golden ticket that you can actually uh, be invited to a party that tops throws and it's like a dinner and then you have like these uh, exclusive uh, low number buyback cards or one of one cards or transcendent uh, VIP cards um, and it's, it seems like a real high-end event and you have a meet and greet with uh, you know who whichever baseball player that's hot at, at the moment or you know some uh, hero from the past and I think they've had like a Mike Trout in the past and maybe Derek Jeter or Willie Mays or something. I mean, they've only done it a couple of times before, if I remember correctly. And it was just really, really amazing uh, to me. I remember seeing pictures of this going, holy cow, how neat of a situation to be in to do something like this. And so uh, I think that's just another way that Topps used, um, uh, tries to get us closer into the game and closer to the players. So I do think that they're uh, doing a good job with that. Of course, um, they also have the digital cards. And I'm not really, I wrote an article about this like uh, probably three or four years ago, I think about digital cards because I didn't really understand them. Um, after I researched them, I, I finally understood what the allure was, but <laughs> I just, I don't remember anymore. <laughs> I completely forgot what it um, what it was, but that was really appealing. But anyways, um, you know, nevertheless, there are a lot of people that collect these digital cards. So, you know, you have this like little collection on your phone nowadays. And, you know, it's kind of neat to see um, how this, how this uh, hobby has evolved. And by the way, I'm going to talk a little bit about, um, you know, just kind of as a little bit of a rabbit trail here, something that happened uh, tonight um, is, I'm not sure if you've uh, been following or not, but PWCC uh, started up a an auction for a 1996 select uh, certified mirror gold Derek Jeter. That's a PSA 10. And so this started probably about 10 days ago or so, and I've been looking forward to seeing what the end price was. And and people were, uh, were thinking, okay, is this going to end it? Uh, $40,000 or $50,000 and yeah the 1993 SP Derek Jeter rookie in PSA 10 format uh, sold for just a little under $100,000 so as you know there's been a lot of uh, different scandals have gone on over the past few months about PWCC and grading in general um, so uh, people speculated maybe this card wouldn't go as high even though it's rare it's still uh, you know, it's still a uh, um, Derek Jeter card, and uh, it's a mirror gold. And I think a lot of people vastly underestimate what the 96 Select Certified Mirror Gold can do. Um, you know, basically any card. And I, I got a taste of that, of what they could do earlier this year. I mean, there were cards that were, you know, not even major stars that were going for several hundred or even a few thousand dollars. So people were guessing, they're estimating how much they thought this 96 year is going to go for. Some said 40000 50000 uh, Some even ventured to say it would match the price of the 93 SP, P, 
PSA 10, which was about $100,000, I ventured to say it was going to surpass it and it was going to go to $125,000. A lot of people thought I was insane, but you know, I put it on record there, 125 grand. I think that's what it's going to go to. Turns out tonight it sold for over $202,000. You think about that. I mean, that's, that's amazing. And somebody on Facebook, um, cause I post on Facebook and Twitter and everything. Cause I'm, uh, you know, I'm loud like that. <laughs> Some guy goes, Oh my gosh, for $202,000, um, you should be able to take the guy out to Disneyland and spend the day with him. And my response was like, but yeah, you didn't, you wouldn't get the 96, uh, select certified mirror gold card. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's funny because a lot of people, um, might value the time with the player more, um, but others might just value the cards more. And I remember when I was uh, going to Kinseko's house, I was on my way over there back in 2015. I remember missing out on a, uh, a couple auctions while I was en route to his house and being upset about it. And I even had to step back for a second and think, why on earth do I care about missing out on buying a few uh, pieces of cardboard with this man's picture on him when I'm actually going to spend time with him at his house. <laughs> but nevertheless, I still remember, you know, what I missed and everything. And so I'm still, uh, you know, wish that I didn't, didn't miss him, but, um, you know, it's kind of funny. It's, uh, as one of my good dealer friends, uh, would call it, would call it, it's a uh, cardboard crack <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's, it's addicting. It's, uh, you know, baseball cards are things that we love and, and, uh, you know, some people are more about experiences. Other people are more about, uh, actually having things. And, uh, I don't know. I'm just, uh, I'm just a cardboard crack addict, I guess. But anyways, uh, it's kind of fun, but anyways, going back to what we were talking about before, just the, uh, the connection to the game. And I, th I think a lot of you out there listening are the same way. Uh, you watch a game and it might be the only constant in your, uh, in your life as well, perhaps. And it might've been this way for decades and decades and decades. And, uh, you know, it's, it's fun that we have, we all have this commonality of this game that we love so much and that we have these little two and a half inch by three and a half inch trinkets that we can uh, remember uh, our favorite moments by or our favorite players or, you know, everything. I mean, it's just, it's, it's fun. It's fun to be able to have uh, cards that represent who we see on television and, and all that. So, um, and I would even argue to say that, uh, um, you know, you don't have to have uh, cards with pieces of uh, game used Jersey in them to really, um, feel closer to the game because in, in my opinion, uh, some of these cards, especially the older ones, um, they themselves become the relics, uh, to an extent, if that makes sense. I'm not really sure if I can fully articulate what I'm trying to say, but, um, I guess I'll give you an example. Uh, you, know, you can have, uh, some Babe Ruth cards that are put out by Leaf or Panini or Tops or whatever. And there, there could be like a, uh, 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 a cut autograph of Babe Ruth, uh, of Babe Ruth, or there could be a piece of his jersey or bat, and I think they're really cool. But for me personally, I would rather have a 1933 Gaudi uh, Babe Ruth than a new card with his cut signature, or piece of his jersey, or piece of his bat. Um, 
because in, in some respect, there's something about having a new card that was built to be valuable and uh, very in, intentionally so where they take these other pieces of old memorabilia that were relics and cut them up and, and put them in, in this new card. You know, again, I love those cards. I think they're great. But having instead a card that was circulating around the time when he actually was the man and he was the home run king and, uh, and uh, you know, the best of the best. And he still obviously is the face of baseball. But uh, to me, that makes the card, uh, the 1933 Gowdy card, so much more intriguing of... Uh, being able to own than one of these cut autograph cards or jersey cards of him. I don't know if anybody else believes that um, like I do, but, you know, that's that's kind of where I stand. And, uh, you know, I'll give you kind of a little bit of a segue into uh, um, one card that I picked up recently, which I'm really excited about. And uh, it's, uh, it's something that I've been looking for for quite a while. And uh, uh, it just came in a few days ago. It's a uh, 1919 uh, W514 uh, Shoeless Joe Jackson, and uh, I'm so pumped about about uh, finally being able to own it. Uh, the The significance of this card is that not that it's the most expensive card of Shoeless Joe Jackson because it's not. Um, you have the 1910 E91 that's considered to be his rookie. Um, you also have the 1914 and 1915 Cracker Jack uh, that's more expensive and more well-known. But the E91, E90-1 shows him as a member of Philadelphia. The Cracker Jack shows him as a member of Cleveland. Um, and, uh, you know, there are a few other cards he has as well. The W514 is very intriguing to me because it is from 1919, which is the year of the infamous uh, Black Sox scandal. And it shows him as a White Sox uh, member. So uh, to me, having that card is like an incredibly wonderful relic that gives me a connection to uh, perhaps the biggest scandal ever to hit Major League Baseball. And uh, the fun thing about it also was, uh, and I can't believe I got this, like after I acquired the card, it wasn't until after I, I acquired it that I realized this, I checked the date, and it turned out that I had made the purchase 100 years after the last game of the 1919 World Series to the day, and I'm still blown away by that. So I believe in another podcast I talked about this before, how it is so fun um, to have stories in uh, about certain, about certain uh, baseball cards and, and how you pick them up why they came into your collection, how they came into your collection, um, and any sort of significance whatsoever. Um, so for this card, to me, it's not just because it's Shoeless Joe Jackson's only 1919 uh, baseball card. It's also because of when it was purchased was the 100th anniversary of the last day of the 1919 World Series uh, to the day. I mean, that still blows me away. So it's fun. It really is fun to think of it like that. But to me, that's a relic. Um, that is a relic that's just as important as 
any new Shilsho Jackson card um, that might have a bad or piece jersey. And, and in my opinion, it's way more important than those um, because, again, it was made during a time when it was not meant to be valuable. It was something that was collectible that people loved. And, uh, you know, just, just for the sheer love of the game and the players. And, uh, you know, it's kind of cool to know also, by the way, it's, uh, as I said, it's a W514 and that's considered a strip card. So, um, the way that you get these is you would actually go to like a candy store and these, uh, cards would be in strips in a roll. And so what would happen was the candy retailer would, would pull off one of them and, and cut them for you and, and give them out like that. So, um, you know, they're very reminiscent of, you know, almost like they, they almost look like mini Picassos, if that makes sense. So, you know, if you check my Twitter at TamMBBFan, you can see a picture that I posted up like, uh, I think yesterday or the day before. So I'm always posting things all the time. So feel free to follow me and, you know, reach out. But, um, anyway, so yeah, I guess that's really kind of all I have to say. I mean, there's no real direction I don't think in this one, I just wanted to kind of blab a little bit um, about baseball and baseball cards. And you know, like I said, I'm just, you know, kind of watching the game right now. It's the bottom of the ninth and uh, uh, two outs. And it looks like the Astros are, are well on their way to having won three games out of four. And, you know, really excited about that because, um, you know, they have one more, they have one more to win. And uh, in order to do that, I think, uh, all they have to do is win with Justin Verlander on the mound or Garrett Cole on the mound, which uh, sounds like a <laughs> like a quite a possibility that uh, you know it, it's it, it's almost an insurmountable uh, problem for New York at this point. I guess if uh, if the Astros do close uh, shut them down in this game here, so pretty excited, looking forward uh, to finishing up this series and. Also looking forward to seeing uh, the Astros, hopefully, knock on wood, play against uh, the Washington Nationals in the World Series. Um, a little nervous about them because they've got some fantastic pitching, um, especially as evidenced against the Cardinals. I mean, that was nuts. But um, in the end, even if this, uh, this series with the Yankees goes seven games, I love this stuff. I mean, I just, you know, I would rather several nail-biting games than a sweep or anything like that because it's just it's just extra baseball and you know nobody wants to go through a uh, <laughs> through the winter um without any baseball and everything so uh yeah i know it's a it's a sad fact of life but um you know it's 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 fun to get as many games in as possible so this is fun it's been a really really fun fall really really fun postseason i've enjoyed the heck out of it so far and just uh, remembering or uh, learning more about these uh, these players as we're going on other teams and everything too, and uh, and making kind of more of a personal connection with all these Astro players as well. So it uh, looks like we're down to the last strike here, so I will go ahead and wrap up. Um, like I said, uh, hit me up on Twitter, at TanManBBFan, and uh, you know Facebook, Tanner Jones, email TanManBaseballFan at gmail.com. My website address is TanManBaseballFan.com, and, uh, um, yeah, feel free to reach out to me, ask questions. I'd be happy to, um, answer them online here, uh, on the next podcast. If you have any questions for me, or if you have any ideas about, uh, um, upcoming or about, uh, topics that you want me to talk about in the future as well, I would love to hear suggestions. 
Uh, thanks, guys, for listening. I hope you all have a great day. I was going to cut off there. I, I didn't mean a great day. I meant have a great night because it's, uh, you know, 1130 now. <laughs> you all have a great night.